Alright, we are starting We are starting Parshish Bishalach over here Parshish Bishalach starts off Ayi Bishalach Paro is on Belona Chamelokim Derech Eretz Kishim Kikarovu Kemalokim Peni Nachema On Berosom Nochama Vishovu Mitzrayma It was when Paro sent out the people Sent out Bnei Yisrael Belona Chamelokim God would not allow them This is weird Belona Chamelokim would not allow them to go Derech Eretz Kishim The way the Palestinians uh, It's not the Palestinians It's what are the Philistines that they call them, right? Kikarovu, because they are close by. because God said, Maybe the people are going to feel bad when they see the war. They're going to go back to Mitzrayim. So what's Kikarovu? It sounds like they don't want to go there because it's so karov, because it's so close. But wouldn't that be more of a reason to go there? It's the quickest way to Eretz Yisrael. That would be the best way of getting to Eretz Yisrael. I would think that that would be the easiest way of getting there. And so they say that Kikarovu is supposed to tie in with the rest of the puzzle because people will be able to go back much quicker they have a direct path out of Mitzrayim. They have a direct path back to Mitzrayim. They'll quickly go back to Mitzrayim. They won't get lost in the midbar. They'll know exactly which way they're supposed to go. But and the Meshach Chachma says an awesome answer. Then I'm going to give you the much better answer. Then I'm going to give you a third answer. Fine. The first answer is like this. Meshach Chachma says they uh, and they needed time to work the tomb off. They couldn't just walk into Eretz Yisrael. Because if they would have walked into Eretz Yisrael, I mean, this is even a Gemara. The Gemara says this. That there was a reason why HaKadosh Baruch had to keep them in the Midbar. Because if they would have gotten the Torah and then immediately went into Eretz Yisrael, what were they going to do if they went immediately to Eretz Yisrael? But why? Why would they sin? They wouldn't have been able to learn. They would have had to immediately start working. Nobody would have had time to learn. So who would have learned? Maybe like, okay, Shevet Levi would have learned. And they would have taught B'nai Yisrael. What would they have done otherwise? Where would they have gotten food from? Where do they get in the midbar? Ah, very good. So they had the concept in the midbar of getting the mun and getting the heir of Miriam. They had all that in the midbar. So HaKadosh Baruch could have given that in Eretz Yisrael, but the whole point of going to Eretz Yisrael was not to get the mun or to get the bear of Miriam. It was to taste of the fruits of Eretz Yisrael, to have the physical pleasures that there are in Eretz Yisrael. But physical pleasures without the spiritual, the spiritual spirituality that comes with it is not going to be worth it. It's not going to be anything, it's not going to be worth having. So Meshachachama says they couldn't go straight into Eretz Yisrael. It was too close. They didn't want to go that way. So Kadosh Baruch had to lead them in a roundabout way to Har Sinai first, and he thought the year would be a good start, and then in the end we know that it wasn't just a year, it ended up taking another 39 years, 40 years altogether. But uh, that was the basic idea. The idea was supposed to go around about, and not to go straight into Eretz Yisrael, so why not go through Eretz Pleshim Kikarofu? It was too close. It was too close. Hmm? Take any, what's the reason for that? We eight, don't know. Eight hour bus Baruch will <laughs> Well, why was it a year altogether? Kaddish Baruch figured that it would take a year for them to work off the Tuma, for them to gain all the tower that they needed, and then they'd be able to go into Eretz Yisrael in the end. Exactly they had too much Tuma, therefore they needed another 39 years, and that's what the Moraglan Clause. Yeah, we'll get to that by Shlach. I mean, we're going to get to that by Shlach. I'm sorry? Wouldn't God know that? Wouldn't God know that? I mean, that is 100% true. The question is, is through Bechira, what did Kaddish Baruch want in the beginning when they were going through? You know, when they, when they were going through, he knew originally that he was going to need 40 years in the Midbar, but he told them, I only need one year, and then when he saw that they added on Tuma to themselves by complaining about the Mon, by complaining about the water, by doing the Meraglam, by having Korach, and all those things, then a Kaddish Baruch who said, okay, I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to keep you out for another 39 years. The amount of Tuma that you've added on to yourself requires another 39 years of learning. So why the <coughs> like the way that they went? Right. Why that? That will be explained in Elamase, in Parshas Maseh. That can't be explained now, 
because we're too we're too straight into it. But I will tell you a quick remez. Some silver says a remez, and this happens to be awesome. Who are these Philistines? These Philistines are sophisticated people. They're civilized. They're people that had derech eretz. People who knew how to eat, you know, eat the right way. Who knew how to do everything the right way. Hold the fork in between your <laughs> third finger and your thumb and your and everything. You know, like doing it everything perfectly. Those are the types of people that push to more. You would think that we should go there first to learn derech from them, and then we'd be able to go learn Torah. Because look at what the, the, look at what these Jews were. These Jews were sitting in the midbar for forty years, at least at, for forty years, for eighty-six years, working as slaves. They didn't know what a regular meal was like. There's a medrash that says when Moshe who took them out of Mitzrayim, he had to teach them what it was like to sit down to a meal. That they used to just pick like chicken, peck like chickens at the food. He was just to peck at them because they were never used to having a regular meal. He had to teach them what it was like to be civilized. So you'd think that Moshe Rabbeinu would bring them to the police first, have them go through manners course 101 or something like that. And then after you're done with the manners and everything like that, then afterward, oh, now we can send you into Mitzrayim. Now we can send you into Eretz Yisrael. Now you can learn the Torah. Maybe that'll be. So why not take them to the police Funny thing is, we don't ever do that. It's a Gemara and Shabbos. One of the craziest Gemaras you'll ever learn. Shabbos Samach Gimel Mabez. What's going on, Terry? But Shabbos Samach Gimel Mabez. Now, nobody ever recognized it's in Shabbos, it's on Salah Gimelama Base. You read through this Gemara and you don't even think twice about it. But the Chsam Silver points it out and you think about it and you're like, what in the world? Ravkana. Ravkana says, when I was 18, I learned through all of Shas. Now, it's unbelievable. Way to go, 18. You know, but it is Ravkana. You know, I was 18, I learned through all of Shas. And I never knew, I never knew Ein Mikro Yotzi Midei I never knew that you cannot take a Pusik out of its Pashib shot. I always learned it up with Drush, with Midrashim and stuff like that. I never knew a Mikro Yotzi Midei I never knew that there was a Pashib shot to every Pusik. I didn't know that. He's 18 years old. How in the world did he not know that? He's been through all the shots and he had no idea that there's a push-up shot behind everything? That there's a simplistic way of learning up everything? How could it be? So, that, I mean, you read it through, you're just like, okay, whatever, I'm kind of just talking, you know? And then you look at it and you're like, what? What is he talking about? There's another Gemara. There's a Rashi in, in Brachos that says, well, we refuse, Rashi in Brachos and Davchav Ches, says, Manu Banim Minahegyon. We refuse to let Banim read through proper Chumash, just regular Chumash right there. Just regular Chumash. We don't let them read just regular Chumash. We want them to go through the Midrashim. And I mean, we get this from, our, from little kids. When you have little kids that come home, what do they show you? They show you pictures of Midrashim. They don't show you Pashup Shot in the Pesukim. They don't learn from the Pashup the Pashup Shot. They learn the Midrashim. What is that? Why they learn the Midrashim? Don't you think they should learn the Chumash first? Then afterward they should learn the Midrashim? Forget about the Midrashim. Do everything else first. It's a great question. Okay. Why do we do that? So, there's... It's funny. Because... Uh, You'd think to yourself also that, you know, if I really wanted to learn, I'd think that in order to learn, I really have to know a lot of other things. In other words, if I wanted to do Rosh Hashanah, I'd have to know all of astrology. Let me check out a lot of things in astrology, astronomy, and everything like that. Let me see how the moon's going to go. Let me see how we can do Kiddush Levana and Kiddush HaKodesh. Then after I do all that, then I'll be able to learn out the Gemara and Rosh Hashanah. But not vice versa. Learn out Kiddush HaKodesh. And then as I'm doing it, check out, like, oh, what do the astronomies, what astronomers say about this? What are the astrologers? First, I should do the other stuff first. And so too with everything. Like, when I want to learn about something in the Gemara, I should say, like, well, let me see what everybody else has to say. And then I'll see what the Gemara says. Why don't we do that? So it's funny. Shuvis Arashba, Rivash, Raman, Yoradir, Reish Membav says there's a Chirim. There is a cheirem. This is excommunication. Excommunicated from Klai Yisrael. That's not a good thing. That means that you are put up in shoals. People don't want to be with you. They're not allowed to talk to you. They're not allowed to be within Dalit Amos of you. For somebody to learn Shar Chachmos, that means scientific works before the age of 25. I'm going to quote these guys again. The Rashba, the Rivash, and the Ramah. Shulchan Aruch. I'm good to go. 
You're good to go? He cannot learn a single thing. So those who went to Skokie or the Academy were lucked out. <laughs> you didn't have to learn anything for 25 years. You're perfectly fine. But that, you see something right over here, which you have 25 years, you're not allowed to learn any Sharlachmos. Where in the world did this theorem come from? And we obviously don't possibly like it nowadays, but how does it work? You know how, like, when you go home, you all kids like this, but I mean, even us, you know? Like, you want to have dessert first, then you want to have dinner. But the fact is, we don't. Why not? Because your wife doesn't let you, or your mother doesn't <laughs> let you, or whatever it is. But you really want to, right? But the fact is, dinner comes before dessert. But why? The dessert tastes so much better. Wouldn't you want to have the dessert first? But the problem is, if you eat the dessert first, what happens? Fill up. You're going to fill up. You're not going to be able to eat the dinner. So the problem is the exact same way. It's a crazy, crazy thing. But what ends up happening is, those things pull you. They attract you. That's the Pshat Yankee Karofu. When you start looking at the Pshat you see what they do, and you see their Pshat you realize that that's kind of attractive. You see what they're learning? It pulls you. It wants you to do what they're saying. It wants you to do what they're doing. And you start realizing, oh, I want to do that. So... We don't want to go to the pleistum. We don't want to do the other stuff first because it pulls you to want to do more and more of that. But you're leaving out the dinner. You're forgetting what's the ichor. You're forgetting the right thing. So instead what you do is you fill yourself up on Gemara and Midrashim and stuff like that. And then afterward, you fit in the rest of the Chumash. And then afterward, if you need Shar Chachmos to be able to fill everything out, then you should do the Shar Chachmos. But the Shar Chachmos only come last. They should only come after you already started yourself with Chumash and everything. You think it's just a coincidence that all schools start with Hebrew subjects first, English subjects subject second? Everybody always told me, oh, but kids don't concentrate in the morning. They're not up until like 12 o'clock. They should do Hebrew subject second. It's a true statement. It is. It probably, probably would pay more attention. But that means what's the ichor? What's first? First is always the English subjects. That's a bad problem. That means you're going to be thinking about that more than anything else. We try to ingrain within you something to be able to, to, to put inside your head and then we'll add on anything that you might need from the Shah Chachmos afterward. That's why they were so afraid. If somebody would learn Shah Chachmos before the age of 25, this is where the reform went off a little bit, to learn Chumash, just Pashib Shat, as it is, without learning any Midrashim whatsoever. If they start doing that, then you start thinking, well, you put your own thoughts in. The own, your own things that you started thinking from the things that you've been learning, which are science and mathematics and everything like that. There's nothing wrong with them as long as they're Torah-based, as long as you have the Torah basis on them. But otherwise, you start thinking the wrong thing. Now, we're not going into a whole thing like, uh, you know, if we have to brainwash them. And you have to brainwash them into thinking just learning, and then afterward you can fit everything in. But the, it's just a fact of life. People who grow up thinking that this is the ichor, will always think that this is the Iker. It'll be very hard to knock this out. People who grow up thinking that the other way is Iker, to be atheists, how much does it take for those people to become from? How much does it take? How many Ish rabbis does it have to take? How many times do they have to go? It's just, it's a true fact of life. The way you grow up, the way you're raised, that's what happens. So... That's the difference between them. That's the shot over here, so let's just read the Pasuk. It says, HaKadosh wouldn't allow them to go to the Pleshtim, which were the civilized nation. Kikarovu, because it was too close to them being pulled after it. Because God said, Maybe the people are going to feel bad when they see the war that they have to wage against the Yitzhahara every single day of their lives. When they learn Torah, the Shavu Mitzrayim, and they'll go back to Mitzrayim, to the ways of Mitzrayim, all the evil ways that the people of Mitzrayim did, the ways that they were at when they were in Mitzrayim. Very nice remez, a very nice remez over here. But the third one, and this is probably the most true, the reason why they didn't go here, Yonas Menuzil says that Yignon, anybody know Yignon? How do you not know Yignon? Okay, I don't blame you. The leader of B'nai Ephraim, who led Ephraim out 30 years before the Zman where they were supposed to leave Mitzrayim. This guy Yignon was a false prophet. He got up and said, I had a dream. 
very similar to another person that we have, but I had a dream, and I feel that all the Jews should leave Mitzrayim now, today. So 30,000 people from Ephraim listened to him. 30,000 people. Now, there's a machlok as if Ephraim was alive or not. Seder Adorah says Ephraim was still alive. And Ephraim did not complain. So apparently there was something to this Yignon. They went out and they ran outside of Mitzrayim. Now, how'd they get out? I thought there was magic protecting everybody. They say that that was one of the powers of Yignon. The Yignon had the power to be able to get out. Or, because Ephraim was a citizen of Mitzrayim, Ephraim and Menashe could leave whenever they wanted to. That's a big pella. But Ephraim and Menashe were allowed to leave. Yignon led... that they weren't... Even Ephraim wasn't in servitude? According to some opinions, Ephraim and Menashe were not officially part of servitude. The Meshachachma gives a chiddish that Reuben and Shimon weren't part of servitude. Levi, we know, wasn't. It, it comes strange, though. didn't start till after they died. I'm sorry? The servitude didn't start till after all the Shvatan died. 100%, yeah. So how was Ephraim still alive? It says after the Shvatan died, it doesn't say Ephraim and Menashe. We don't no, know no, when no, Ephraim and Menashe died. No, no, no. Reuben and Shimon, the Shvatan. Reuben and the Shvatan. Yeah, there was only 86 years. But regardless, either way, everybody asked that, but they say that because they were citizens, they were allowed to leave. That's a big Chiddush. But everyone asks, so the, where did they run to? They ran to the Pelishtim. They went to the quickest way to Eretz Canaan, to Eretz Yisrael. They ran up to the Pelishtim. The Pelishtim came and decimated them. It's a big question. How were the Pelishtim able to fight them? The Pelishtim made a deal with Avram Avinu. Avimelech made the deal that none of their relatives were going to fight each other. So how could the Pelishtim do that? Say it was a mixture, according to the Red Dal in Reb David Luria, in the Pirkei Rebbe Elazar, say it's a mixture between the Mitzrayim, between the Egyptians, and the Pelishtim that came together. It was like mixed families that went ahead and fought all of Yignon and all of Ephraim and killed all 30,000 people and their bones are scattered throughout the desert. So Kadosh Baruch Hu said, I don't want to send them through that way because they go there, they're going to see the Melchama, they're going to see the war that Bnei Ephraim waged and Bnei Ephraim was, their bones were scattered everywhere. They'll realize that and they'll feel bad and they're going to go back to Mitzrayim, realize, thinking to themselves they'll never be able to fight Pelishtim. So because of that, Kadosh Baruch Hu wouldn't allow them to go through that way. Why did they leave 30 years early? Doesn't that strike you as strange? Why would he leave 30 years early? That's true in a way. But why 30 years early? It's a whole thing about what their punishment was. But regardless, 30 years early was supposed to be according to the Ramban. Ramban in Parakyud Bey's Pasuk Mem. You can also check out the Kliyakar and the Abarbanel. It's an unbelievable thing. Gullus Mitzrayim? What? They were punished for 30 years because they were Shavu instead of Gar. That, what do you mean by Shavu instead of Gar? They, they became too entrenched in the culture of Mitzrayim. So why 30 years? What happened with the 30? That's already the big question. So this is an unbelievable shot by the Ramban. The, our Barbanel says it though, and so too does the, does the uh, I'm sorry, the Kliyakar. They also the exact same board, just in different places. What's the shot? How long was the Gullus in Mitzrayim? 400. 400 years officially from the birth of Yitzchak, right? How long was, were they in Mitzrayim for? 210 years, right? Ramban says, you're wrong. It's 240 years. 240 years. You know what happened? The Mitzrayim got them so badly that a Kaddish Baruch who was so upset at them, he added on 30 years to their gullus. So they weren't there for 210 years. Now this really messes up the Jewish calendar. Yeah. They weren't there for only 210 years. They were there for 240 years. They were there for an extra 30 years. Ephraim left at the right time. Yignon left at the end of 210 years. It was the end of 210. Yignon got up and told everybody, it's the end of 210 years. We're supposed to leave at this time. Guys, let's get up and go. Everybody, let's get up and go. And they heard them. And Ephraim sat there and said, it's 200.